Well, we're going to continue today to talk about today's lesson is who you are in Christ. And we're going to go back to our theme scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Praise the Lord. Last week we talked about uh, life in Christ, our union with Christ, and being alive in Christ, having eternal life in Christ. Praise the Lord. Uh, predominantly, that was our subject matter. And we're going to go to verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Oh, that's he or she is a new creature. Of course, in the spirit, there's neither male nor female in your spirit. I mean, you're a spirit. All right. So uh, you are a spirit being. You have a soul. You live in a body. Praise God. So then he says, if any man or person be in Christ, they are a new creation, a new creature, a new person. Uh, I'll read you a few other translations. It says, old things are passed away and all things have become new. And actually, the next verse says, and all things are of God. So everything is new and everything that is new is of God. I'll say that again. Everything is new. All things have become new. Old things are gone in your spirit, right? I mean, when you got born again, uh, your hair didn't change. If you were overweight, you didn't lose weight. If you were too skinny, you didn't gain weight. If you were out of shape, you didn't get in shape physically, right? Or if you were in shape, you didn't get out of shape. In other words, your body didn't change, right? Your body wasn't born again. No, your body will be changed. You'll get a new body. Praise the Lord at the resurrection. So... Your spirit is a part of you. Your mind didn't uh, get born again. We all could figure that out, right? Your mind didn't get born again, but your spirit got born again. Your spirit, your inner man, the part of you that uh, is what I call the real you. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And the spirit and soul go to heaven. Praise the Lord. Your body, then, if Jesus, when, if and when Jesus comes, not if, but when he comes, there's a lot of detail I could talk about right now, but when he comes for you, if you have died before he comes, your body will be raised up and you'll get a new body. Praise God. So your whole spirit, soul, and body will be together. Right? Again, but in heaven with a glorified body, Amen. like Jesus' glorified body. So then, you are a new creation in him right now. The moment you're born again, the moment you accept Jesus Christ, the moment that you uh, call on the name of the Lord, the moment you believe in your heart and say, 
believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth. At that moment, you're born again. At that moment, you're saved. At that moment, you receive eternal life. At that moment, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. So the spirit part of you is new. And old things are passed away. What you used to be, spiritual death, passed away. Darkness passed away. Life and light came. In him was life, and the life was the what? Light of men. And the light shined in the darkness. The darkness overcame it not. But when Jesus came, he came with that life so that we could have that life. And so... In verse 10 of John 10, he said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life. Zoe, remember what Zoe was? It still is this week, same as it was last week. Life as a principle, which is a spiritual law, life in the absolute sense, which is absolutely pure, nothing but life, so it's not half life, it's whole life. It's complete life. It is God's life. And the last part of Debbie Vine's definition, it's not really the last part if you read the whole uh, definition, but it's the last part that I gave to you. The last part was life as God has it. So it's life as God has it. Praise the Lord. And it came through Jesus Christ. And so then we have this life on the inside, this life as God has it within us. And uh, this life could be uh, less or more. In other words, you could have less of it or more of it because Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly or life and you could have it in an overflowing measure. So it is a measurable substance that you could have less of or more of. Doesn't mean that you're not less saved. It's just that you can have so much of it that it's overflowing. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise God. And so I think you, in your Christian experience, you've seen some people have more of it than others. Because they seek it. They desire it. They Go after it. And God rewards the hungry and the thirsty. Praise the Lord. So then, you can have a greater measure of it. All right, so you are a brand new creation on the inside. Everything is new. You're completely in Christ, one with Christ. All right, uh, Grieber's translation says it this way. He thereby becomes an entirely new creature. That's why I read it. It says entirely new creature, not half, not 75%, not 97% even. It's 100% entirely new creature. His old self is gone and a new one has taken its place. His old self, he calls it yourself, his old self. So the true self, the real me, the real person that I am, the person, the primary part of me is my spirit, the primary part of you is your spirit. And that is the part of you that is a new creation in Christ. So Living Bible says, when someone becomes a Christian, 
he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person on the inside. Praise the Lord. Now, personally, I can drive a car for a lot of years because I usually take care of them and I don't have to have or need a new car or even want a new car every year. But when you get a new car, you'd like for it to be a new car. I don't want to buy an old car. My father-in-law had a few cars, old cars, had a Model A, had uh, some other old cars and um, had a um, 65 Mustang and, and uh, had a Corvette and had a um, 65, I think it was, uh, Thunderbird. Um, so he had cars. He liked cars. When he passed, they offered me the Thunderbird. It needs a lot of work, and I don't want it. Because I don't want to take care of it. I don't want to have to put the money in it. I mean, that's just my choice, you know. So I, I declined. I said, thank you very much, but I declined. And because um, I got enough stuff to take care of. Praise the Lord. So I didn't want an old car to have to fix it up and take care of and, and then let it sit in the garage. Ride it around like once every month or once every two months. Take it for a little spin around town. All right, that's my preference, right? Why? Because old car, you got to keep up. And you got to take care of. And there's not too many people that know how to take care of a 65 Thunderbird. They're not like on every block of, you know, where mechanics are, every place that mechanics are, you don't have somebody to take care of. So when I get a new car, I want a new car and I want it to last. Right? So I just like a new car. Praise the Lord. How many are with me? So what's that got to do with anything? When you got born again, you didn't get an old car. You didn't get something old that you had to fix up. You didn't get something that you have to uh, say, well, there's nobody around that can take care of this. No. (laughs) Now, you do have to feed it. Praise the Lord. Now, how many have a dog? What happens to your dog if you don't feed it? Well, nobody does that. I mean, somebody, some people do, but you know. You feed your dog, right? You got a dog, you feed it. Now, we have horses. Horses are bigger than dogs. (laughs) Horses eat more stuff than dogs. (laughs) Hey, and so now we have a little dog. We've always had Labradors. And uh, had three different Labradors over our married life, and... uh, they're all in dog heaven, some people think. 
Ask Maylene. I, I, I'm not sure. She said yes, so okay. So, <laughs> she's a vet, all right? So God only tells vets things like that. So anyway, we have a little dog now. She doesn't need very much. It's not very much. Don't take a lot of food. She just takes a lot more attention. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right. So now when it comes to your spirit, you're brand new on the inside. It's not a maintenance thing where it's broke, but you do have to feed it. You have to feed this inner man. You have to nourish this inner man. You have to feed it on the Word of God. You have to, you have to do what First uh, John says. It says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. What? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues. Uh, pray and spend time in fellowship with God and worship God. In other words, you have to exercise this inner man. Just like... You need to exercise your body in some form. Praise the Lord. If you don't exercise it, it's going to get stiff. It's going to get where it doesn't work so well. It doesn't move as easy. But if you exercise it, it'll, it'll, your movement will last longer. All right? So then uh, it's just good to exercise your body. But you need to exercise. Timothy says, bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. So you got to exercise your spirit or feed your spirit and feed it on the Word of God. The Word of God is like food. Praise God. It's It's like spiritual food. Now, in this verse again, we'll go back to the verse. Phillips says it this way, he becomes a new person altogether. The past is finished and gone. Everything has become new, fresh and new. Everything has become fresh and new. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. So we have to Feed this inner man. One way you feed it is by coming to church. And you feed on the word and you're taught the word and it's ministering the word of God to your spirit and your spirit eats that word. In other words, you should take it home and chew on it. Praise the Lord. When you get a message one week, during that week, chew on that. Meditate on it. Meditate on these things. Give yourselves wholly to them. That's what Timothy said. So he says, or actually Paul saying to Timothy. So he said, give yourself to them. He said, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them. What he's telling Paul, uh, Paul is telling Timothy, that's what he said, do with it. All right, of course, we know from other scriptures, Psalm 1, that meditate day and night. And there's blessing that comes as a result. And so, fruitfulness. In Ephesians chapter 2, we're at verse 8. Verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. 
By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. So this new creation is salvation is the same as being made new or new creation. It's just different terminology in Scripture. So by grace you're saved, so you didn't get this new creation or become this new creation by your own works, but by grace. By grace are you saved through faith. So you believed, but you didn't work to get it. You didn't earn it. You didn't uh, do anything to make yourself now uh, okay to receive it. Oh, you could be the, the worst of sinners and, and come to Jesus and believe, and you become saved just as saved as somebody else that might have been a pretty nice person, but they just weren't saved. Right? You could be born again and become a new creation in Christ. All right, so he says, it's not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there is no boasting on our part. Uh, We can't boast of this new creation in the sense of we can't boast in what we've done to receive it. We boast in him. Hallelujah. We boast in Christ. Not of works lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. For we are, we are, everybody say we are. So, you know, when you read the Bible, you want to read it sometimes word by word, you know, kind of stop, pause. We are. For we are not going to be. Not when we go to heaven. We are right now his workmanship. We are his workmanship. Other translations, many of them say handiwork. One says a masterpiece. One says artistry. One says God's work of art. So you are God's work of art, God's masterpiece, God's handiwork. You are created by God. I mean, you were created by God in your mother's womb. According to scripture. Hallelujah. So God is the creator. He is creator. Uh, In the beginning, he created man and he created us. We are created by God. But we're recreated in Christ Jesus when we're born again. We become a new creation because of sin and the death and spiritual death. Now we needed a new birth and we needed to be born again. And Jesus said, you must be born again. In other words, it is not uh, optional. This is an absolute must. It is necessity that a person be born again. You must be born again. And so uh, being born again and receiving eternal life is a must. It's an absolute necessity. And so when you are born again, you become God's handiwork. So God did in Christ everything he wanted to do in man. I said God did in Christ everything he wanted to do in every man. So he did it in Christ 2,000 years ago, and you were identified with Christ. And when he was made alive by identification, God made you alive. 
which means that you were, you were made alive together with Christ in his resurrection when he was raised from the dead, made alive, you were made alive by identification. God so identified you with him. In other words, he so identified with your sin, he became your sin. So he became what you were. So then he takes you through this process. He pays the full penalty for sin. And so God justified you in the person of Christ. You were with him. And so God identified you with him. And so now God justified you in the person of Christ so that God could legally raise Jesus from the dead because there had to be a full penalty paid. And Jesus paid the full penalty for all a man's sin. So God legally could raise him again from the dead and justly raise him from the dead. And so Jesus was raised up. He was made alive. Because Jesus was, his body was in a tomb, but his spirit went into hell. And that's a big deal. But it's scriptural. It's what, thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. So thank God, Jesus. He took all of man's penalty. He suffered the penalty completely for us, even unto the point of going into hell and suffering in our place. But on the third day, God justified us in him so he then could be made alive again. God made him alive. And then he spoiled or stripped principalities and powers of their authority and defeated our adversary, the devil. And then he came up and got in his body. And that body that had been ripped and torn, I mean, just beyond human resemblance, he was ripped But he got in that body, in that body, hallelujah, in the condition it was in, all of a sudden, boom, the life of God got in his body and his body became new, became a brand new body. He received a glorified body and the glory of God was on him. The glory that was in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So he still kind of subdued it a little bit, you know, so he could talk to people. But remember, he was talking to those two men from, it doesn't even say who they were, but two men on the road to Emmaus, and they're talking about this Jesus being raised, and they heard Jesus was raised, and he didn't reveal himself to him. He just started talking to him about the scriptures concerning himself. And it said, did not our hearts burn within us while he spake those words? In other words, the word of God was burning in their hearts because 
they were hearing directly from Jesus. They didn't even know it's Jesus. They're hearing directly from Jesus, and they're hearing the words of God in Scripture that tell what was going to happen. No doubt, he told what was going to happen in the death and the burial and the resurrection, and now he is risen from the dead, and their hearts were burning what he, while he said those words.